<clears throat> there are a lot of there are a lot of individuals who uh, can't say that this morning, um, and uh, you know we're part of the the blessed to be able to be on this side of life again this morning. Um, as we talked about last week, um, all of us are abundantly blessed, um, regardless of your circumstance, regardless of uh, you know. Maybe some things that you may view as negatives. Um, maybe the, the time uh, in human history you find yourself living in may not be uh, the best or whatever the case may be. We're still abundantly blessed to uh, be a part of the family of God. And uh, that is, I uh, want to continue that theme this morning by investigating why God um, deserves our, our glory and uh, our honor. Um, what has he done for you? I know that, <clears throat> I know certainly with our culture nowadays, it's, it's all about what have you done for me lately? And that's fine. Um, because God has done a number of things for you lately. Um, now I don't know what's going on in everyone's life on this phone call, but, um, what I can tell you is that, um, each and every one of us has been delivered through some circumstance, some challenge, um, has been uh, has been protected uh, from from hardship, uh, from ailment, from sickness, um, and it's kind of like uh, trying to prove a negative. Um, we can't see the future, but nonetheless, we know that uh, God, being the type of Father that He is is always watching over us and, and always protecting us. Um, Sister Garner was talking about this a couple of days ago about um, guardian angels. And we know that God has uh, has angels. Obviously, the scripture talks about that um, in a number of different occasions. But these angels are ministering spirits. And these ministering spirits are um, are have been given charge by God to... Um, help all of us um, to to guide us to um, do whatever God would have would have them to do, and and we know that God is a loving God, um, so He uses these ministering spirits that we call angels um, to uh, to guide His children, um, as you can see in numerous occasions in the Old Testament. Certainly, when the Israelites were escaping Egyptian bondage. Um, these ministering spirits, these angels, played a critical role in guiding uh, his people through the wilderness of sin, as it says. And certainly they do the same for us today. If you have any questions on that, um, you can go and take a look at the book of uh, Revelation, where it talks about how uh, the angels um, at the uh, the time of the um, uh, the at the time at the end of times, if you will, um, how those angels came down and and um, uh, spread the message uh, that God had intended them to spread uh, to the churches of Asia. Um, so we know that uh, we do have uh, God has set in order um, a structure of things to help us um, on our daily ba on a daily basis. Again, you may not. You may not see that um, in the way that uh, um, you may see. Uh, you may not see it in the form of you know all of, all of a sudden a, uh, an amount of money showing up in your bank account or 
um, or anything along those lines. Um, but we know that it does happen because the scripture tells us that it does. Um, there is a, a, a verse that I wanted to uh, read in the book of Revelation in particular. Um, and it talks about, uh, it sets the scene in heaven. Um, and this is in the uh, fifth chapter of the book of Revelation where um, the 24 elders, um, and these elders were uh, the elders uh, from the various uh, from the 12 churches of, or sorry, from the 12 tribes. Um, and in verse number 10 and 11, I'm sorry, Revelations chapter 4, my apologies, verses 10 and 11. Um, it says that these 24, 4 and 20 elders are surrounding the, the throne of God. And it's interesting what they did. It says in verse number 10 that the 4 and 20 elders fell down before him, that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying thou art worthy O Lord to receive glory and honor and power for thou hast created all things and for thy pleasure they are and were created um, as we talked about a little bit last Lord's Day and, and certainly what I want to emphasize today is that goes back to that passage of scripture that I ended off with um, in Ephesians, the fourth chapter, and I believe it's verse number five, um, that uh, there is one God who is in all through, who is, who is in all through us all. Um, he, this one God, um, is the fundamental building block of everything. And right here in the in the book of Revelation, the eleventh chapter of sorry, the fourth chapter, verse number 11, we see that these 24 elders are giving obeisance to God um, and giving Him the glory and honor and power uh, because they recognize that everything that we see and everything that we are um, was created for God's good pleasure. Now that's a little uncomfortable um, for some people to hear. Well, that seems a little um, short-sighted, that seems a little self-serving, that God would create everything uh, for, for His good pleasure. Um, but they miss out on the fact that it is God's pleasure that none perish, that all of us, every man, woman, and child that has lived and that will ever live, um, His good pleasure is that all of us will abide with Him in heaven for all eternity. And I wanted to follow that up by going back to the uh, the book of Genesis just to kind of investigate this theme um, more so. Um, and we'll go back to kind of around the, <clears throat> the uh, third chapter of the book of Genesis. And uh, in Genesis, the third chapter, starting at verse number 22, um, God obviously has created the earth and, and, and the universe over the span of six days. He rested on the seventh. Um, in the process of doing that, he also created man. Um, and uh, the, well, first off, he created the Garden of Eden and the animals. He created man. 
Um, he saw that uh, it wasn't good for man to be alone, so he created Eve. Um, we know that uh, Eve was tempted by uh, the serpent, um, and through that temptation and further through the temptation of Adam, sin was introduced in the world, um, in that uh, through that temptation they acted upon the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, and the lust of the eyes, and disobeyed a direct commandment of God. In the 22nd verse of Genesis, the third chapter, it says, And the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become as one of us, to know good and evil. And now lest he put forth his hand and take also the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent forth from the Garden of Eden, sent him forth from the Garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man and he placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubim, and a flaming sword which turned every every way to keep the way of the tree of life. So um, when we when we talk about this this tree uh, of life that uh, was guarded by uh, the cherubim, um, we can reflect upon <clears throat> we can reflect upon really um, why that was. Well, we know that. Uh, through the temptations that uh, were given by the serpent, um, it was only <laughs> it, it would only take further temptation, really, um, for mankind to not just eat of that tree, the knowledge of good and evil, which which uh, Adam and Eve did, but also to eat of the the tree of life. The scripture tells us in a number of occasions that. Uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ is the tree of life. It is, it is the, the source of spiritual life, not physical life, obviously, um, but spiritual life. In Revelations, the 22nd chapter, um, it says in verse number 1, um, as uh, John is receiving this, uh, this revelation from, from Jesus, on the island of Patmos, he says, He showed me a pure river, a water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it, on either side of the river, was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were of the healing nations. And there shall be no more curse. But the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads, and there shall be no more, and there shall be no light there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. So in this in this uh, in this land, this uh, this New Jerusalem, if you will, John sees the uh, the tree of life. Except there's no curse uh, surrounding the tree of life. There's no cherubim protecting the tree of life, as we see back in the book of Genesis. It's open and available for all of us to partake to partake of um, through the gospel of Jesus Christ, and. That is God's good pleasure, is that each of us have an opportunity to, to partake of this fruit. Um, and <clears throat> that, wasn't, uh, that wasn't 
lost on the uh, the Christians in the first century. Um, and here's here's where I'll, I'll draw a connection to us today. In the uh, first century, um, there was a man by the name of Saul, and uh, we can we can go back and we can look at uh, I believe it's the ninth chapter of the book of Acts, um, starting at verse number one, and and it says that there was a man by the name of Saul. He was a Pharisee. Uh, he was a religious zealot of Judaism. And it says that he spent um, spent a lot of time and energy. He had dedicated his life to um, hunting down and jailing um, those people who called themselves disciples of Christ and were later called the uh, who, as it was popularly called, those who were members of the Church of the Nazarene which we know to be Jesus Christ. Now, the Church of the Nazarene um, was what the Jews called them. Um, but uh, Saul went about his days trying to find all these men and women who were part of this uh, this cult. This uh, Maybe a cult is too strong of a word. Um, but this denomination, if you will, of Judaism. Um, that's how they thought it was, but Saul went about trying to find these people, round them up, throw them into prison. Um, and that happened quite often. Um, certainly, uh, in a circumstance in Acts, the 12th chapter, and, and if you, um, if you would, uh, turn over to, uh, Acts, the, the 12th chapter. Um, and uh, we'll start, uh, we can start at verse number one, um, where, again, all of these, all of these different uh, men and women of the, of the Church of Christ were being rounded up and thrown into jail. But one of the things that we find is every single time that they were persecuted, uh, they continued to give glory and honor uh, to God, even in spite of their present circumstance, they understood that to suffer and to die for the cause of Christ is more valuable than anything on the planet. Um, Paul talks about that in a number of different occasions. Um, you know, while he, he says he could certainly boast on all of his accomplishments, he would rather boast on those times where he was made weak and he suffered uh, for the cause of Christ. And in the <clears throat> verse 1 of Acts chapter 12, it says, now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of the unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four uh, quarter quarter. Cortinians, and I know I'm saying that wrong, but bear with me, uh, of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth the same night, 
Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with cha- bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord, these ministering spirits, these um, guardian angels, if you will, these these um, spiritual beings that uh, do things um, that are given charge by God uh, to to carry out His will. Again, it says these uh, an angel of the Lord came upon him, and the light shined in the prison. And he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, "Arise up quickly!" And and his chains fell uh, off from his hands. And the angel said unto him, "Gird thyself and bind on thy sandals." And so he and so he did. And he saith unto him, "Cast thy garment about thee and follow me." And he went out and followed him, and wist not that it was true which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. And when they were past the first and second ward, they came unto the iron gate that leadeth unto the city, which opened to them of his own accord. And they went out and passed on through one street, and forthwith the angel departed from him. And when Peter was come to himself, he said, now I know of a surety that the Lord hath sent his angel and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. And uh, this is certainly a, a, a beautiful uh, account in the scripture of what God does for each and every one of us. Um, in a very real sense, yes, Peter was in prison. Yes, he was bound. Yes, he had a guard. Uh, but these ministering spirits were able to free him and restore his 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 physical life to him because we know um, we know what Herod was intending to do with him. Um, during the the days of the unleavened bread, or at the uh, the day of Easter, which was the the Passover, Herod was probably going to crucify Peter in the same form and fashion the previous Herod had uh, had given charge to crucify our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And if not crucify him, certainly we know Peter was going to be killed um, because he had done the same thing to James, the brother of John. And it pleased the Jews that he did so. So in a very real sense, Peter was in a physical prison. He was about to die. But these ministering spirits restored his life to him. And I go back to uh, the, the introduction about, about circumstances and, and some of the things. Again, um, I... I certainly was not a good example yesterday with my driving, um, but God allowed me to uh, get home safely, or rather he allowed me to drive my family home safely. Um, I don't know, there's probably a number of you on the phone phone call this morning who, you know, have been on the road, maybe when you're tired, have been on the road and, and maybe driven over a rough patch or a slippery patch, maybe had a, a little bit of a momentary loss of control, but we're able to get back on the, the path. Um, certainly, 
we have a brother and a sister who have been through a circumstance where, for all intents and purposes, um, they should not have survived. But how did they do that? I mean, how do, how do we get home after a long trip? Um, how is it that each and every one of us, um, all glory be to God up to this point, um, have been able to remain healthy in spite of all the others maybe in our, uh, in our communities who have, who have become sick due to this virus? Um, it doesn't, it's not luck. Um, it's not happenstance. Um, it is all a part of God's good pleasure for His children. It's all a part of God's will for for all of us. Um, God does have angels. He does use those ministering spirits to to protect us um, and deliver us from all sorts of challenges. And certainly, um, even in the New Testament, um, after the death, burn, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, even these ministering spirits were continuing to do God's work, especially here um, in Acts chapter 12. Um, there is a passage of Scripture in Revelations, the second chapter, verse number 10. I'm not going to turn over there, um, but I'll recount it. You know, it says that we are to remain faithful until death um, in order to obtain a crown of life. But the second part of that says that even um, if the devil shall cast some of us into prison, that we may be tried, um, and, ye, and, and if we have tribulation ten days, if we remain faithful until death, uh, God will give us a crown of life. We will, be able, we will all be able to be partakers of that life um, that uh, extends from the tree of life. Uh, this eternal spiritual life, if we remain faithful. Um, it starts off also by saying, by fear none of the things that we're going to suffer. Um, and part of not having fear goes back to, and this is where I'll finish off, in Psalms, the hundreds, uh, Psalms 117. Again, the scripture says that we are to praise the Lord. All of us who are part of all the nations of the earth, praise him, all ye people. For his merciful kindness is great toward us. And the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord. Um, and that is uh, certainly powerful. God is merciful in his kindness is uh his truth and his word will endure forever and that's the reason why we're praising him this morning um, that's the reason why we should all praise him every single day that we wake up praise him when you get home for allowing you to get home safely uh, praise him those times where you have food in your stomach because uh, he has provided that substance for you um, praise Him <clears throat> um, for those times you're able to, to, to hug your child or uh, to hug your spouse. Uh, praise Him for those times you're able to embrace a friend. Um, praise Him for those, those moments where you can actually get up and walk around and uh, um, experience this world. Praise Him 
for the gospel of Jesus Christ, which gives us an opportunity to be partakers of that fruit of the tree of life that uh, John saw on both sides of the river in this new Jerusalem. And I would also say praise him for those angels, those ministering spirits that um, that are forever and always interacting with us every moment of our lives uh, to bring about God's good pleasure, which is that none of us should perish, but that all of us should have everlasting life. So if you're here this morning and uh, you need prayers of the church, if there's something going on in your life that that is challenging, um, again, praise the Lord that He is merciful and kind. Um, as the Scripture tells us, um, we, we are to pray with faith, knowing that whatever we pray for, God will provide that to us in His due time. Um, as we go into this upcoming week, as well as if, if as you come in contact with individuals in your life, um, you know, let that praise of the Lord come through in, in your mannerisms. You know, have a smile on your face, have a positive attitude. Um, you know, when Peter was in prison, he, he didn't sulk. Um, you know, there are a number of occasions, I think it was, uh, what was it? Um, it may have been Peter at this, the same circumstance where, um, they were in prison and they were singing praises unto God. Um, you know, just because we're faced with challenges doesn't mean that <clears throat> things are all bad. Um, we praise the Lord because we know that in those challenges, He will deliver us. Uh, but we have to have faith. So again, the lesson is yours. If you have the urge and the need, um, after we sing the song of invitation, um, we'll have a short pause for anybody who needs to request a prayer or confess a fault.